Welcome to the Asians Redefining Their Success podcast, where Asian professionals share their stories of breaking boundaries and switching into more creative and unconventional careers. I am your host, Yangshi Zhou. In honor of Women's History Month, I invited a couple of my clients who just started their businesses and made their first K and beyond within three months to share with you their insights, mindset shifts, and behind-the-scenes stories. Each of them is breaking barriers and making history right now, not just for themselves, but also for the whole entire entrepreneurship field as what's possible as an Asian and woman of color. Welcome everyone to my podcast on this lovely Friday. I can't believe this is the last one of the series on celebrating Women's History Month and how much fun I had creating these episodes. I'm so grateful I took on this challenge to celebrate all the incredible womenpreneurs. And as a byproduct, I also learned to love podcasting again. I think the biggest difference this time was that I stopped putting so much pressure on myself when I was editing. I didn't see every hesitation and ums and likes as imperfect and just really enjoyed re-listening to the episode, nodding my head, and having fun. (laughs) Especially with my guest and client for this week, Michelle Carrizosa. So Michelle is a career coach for women of color who want to break into tech. She was a program manager for AWS Amazon in Seattle before founding the Tech Career Lab in 2019 to help women navigate their career transition. Side note, she is also living in Paris right now, so I love it when I get to Zoom call her. (laughs) And she's running business from there, which is super fun. So in this episode, you'll hear about how Michelle went from daydreaming about having a business while in tech to actually making it happen while facing her fears around having an accent as an immigrant and imposter syndrome. You also hear about how she grew a business when she had such a dramatic and critical brain and how she was able to make 1.5k just one hour of our first coaching call. I'm not kidding. So this is such an amazing episode. And this episode is a bit different than the other ones in that Michelle has been in business for a while, so about a year before working with me. And I want to bring her on to show and share how growth looks different for everyone so that you get to hear about her journey towards making 5k in a few months versus before taking a whole year to make 5k. And remember, I didn't even make 5k until about two years into my business. So whether you're in your first few months or first few years in business, know that you can absolutely take off like Michelle did no matter where you are. The theme for this episode is also really to explore what getting comfortable with the uncomfortable looks like even a year in. It's something that will always happen in business, especially because discomfort often equals growth. So if you're having trouble putting yourself out there, having money conversations for your services, or being vulnerable with your content, this episode is for you because Michelle talks about all of that. So let's dive in. Michelle, welcome to the Arts Podcast. 
this is so fun because we just had our session yesterday so I get to see you again 24 hours later um but yeah why don't you share a little bit about yourself where you were before you started to get into coaching and what you're up to now Yes, of course. So I before transitioning into having a coaching business, I was a program manager at Amazon and I actually worked in tech for several years before that. And I guess like the, yeah, I guess like I found myself daydreaming a lot about having a business all throughout my time in tech. So that is kind of like me before actually doing the thing. <laughs> yeah. And how did you... Like, what inspired you to start daydreaming about your business? What about business attracted you or spoke to you? Yeah, and this is really interesting because I feel that I used to see people who were doing their, like when I was, you know, in corporate, in tech, and I would see people doing their own thing. I would actually feel like I was missing out or that I had like maybe that jealousy that is kind of normal. And I was like, well, why are you really jealous or like really focusing on those people? And I think the main reason is because they get to do work that aligned a little bit more to the things that they wanted to see in the world, or they were doing things that made them a lot happier than just doing maybe like a nine to five job, even if that nine to five job is well. So that was kind of really inspiring to me. And so that's kind of like how I started looking into a lot of different online businesses at the beginning to see what is, what was something that I could do. Mm -hmm. And how was your transition like? Was it over a long period of time or was it pretty quick? Yeah, so it I, I, I've been just looking back into like my files recently and I realized that it's like it actually started like two years and a half ago. And it pretty much started while I was still working in my nine to five. And it started with me, like maybe like trying to create a blog. And I really didn't have any good direction of like where I was trying to go with that. And then I started with like, yeah, with like the blog. And then I started realizing that people were doing maybe like influencer marketing. So I started like creating Instagram accounts. And then uh, so it started really slowly, but coaching or consulting, which is the main thing that I was doing before coaching. I started it maybe about two years ago. And so it started as a side hustle. And during that first year, I actually spent a lot of time learning about marketing, all the things that I didn't know. I started learning that first year and I actually didn't take as much action. So I was posting a little bit of it on Instagram, but I was not really putting offers out in the world. And then last year is the first year that I officially, you know, became like started doing this full time. And so, yeah, so it's been a few, a few years in the making. Yeah, <laughs> this reminds me of when I was also exploring entrepreneurship. I was working at my marketing job in San Francisco and after a year and a half, I just felt pretty stagnant. So I also started like creating a website, starting a blog, looking into like passive income and how to have all these income streams so yeah it, this is like a good um kind of reminiscing going back going back in the journey um and I know too when people are contemplating coaching they're like you know I don't know who I want to help I don't know what kind of coach I want to be so 
how did you know that or what inspires you um, to become a tech career coach? Yeah, so it is really interesting that you mentioned that because I feel that I now looking back into like my first time that I was trying to create a blog or that I was doing X or Y thing, I do remember coming across about like the idea of coaching. And that is something that as someone who I guess who was kind of new to the US at some point, like I didn't know what coaching was. And so I started kind of like making this idea of like, Oh, like is certain people who have done X amount of things who do that. And so I started pretty much doing consulting, like I mentioned before. So I was like teaching like the strategies on how to transition into technology and so on. But then I didn't know what it was, but I knew a piece was missing somewhere. So then I decided to kind of just, and then also like during my talks that I used to do, like maybe at colleges in Seattle and stuff like that, I realized that I did bring some gems sometimes when I was talking in between the strategies. And so that's how I came about the career coaching part of things. And the main reason it is focused on tech, it is because as a woman of color who got into technology, I know that it can be really actually hard to get into those companies that we dream of. So Mm -hmm. then I kind of like made it my niche. And many times I have been like, oh, maybe I should expand it to just everybody and anybody. But I realized that actually I picked tech for a reason, and that is because it's a field that is booming and that it won't it will continue to boom for a really long time. And it's also one place where like it's the field that is changing kind of everything, like the society kind of like as we know it. And I think women deserve. Mm, that is so good. And I love how your example illustrates that, you know you didn't start out knowing really super specifically what you wanted to do. Cause I think a lot of people like look at me now or look at you and they're like, okay, they started a business because they knew exactly what to do and who they wanted to help in their bones, right? They see that I have, I'm coaching Asian Americans, a woman of color. Um, so it's really easy to assume that, you know, we were just born with this like concrete idea of what we wanted to do but similar to you my journey has been you know I started coaching I I started just like doing like general coaching and then it got more specific into okay business coaching and then it got more specific into okay Asian Americans and women of color so I just also love how your example shows that it's a constant progress versus like a thing that you must know before you start Yes. And I think that I feel that that definitely stops a lot of people from starting. I felt, I think in that sense, I did feel a little bit ahead of most people because I was already exposed to that world of tech. And that's the first thing that came to my mind when I was like, it was time to create a business. Um, But yeah, but people like it can be anything, right? Like I sometimes I think like with my brother or something and then we're like, well, you're an architect. So all the potential ideas you will have are going to be related to that field or the things that you do know. So it's just. Mm, Yeah, and you always already have experience ahead of time. So it's kind of like you can always just start from your experience and then later on. Um, either niche it down or, you know, slowly expand into other things. So for you, what kind of fears did you have when you started your business? Oh my God, so many. Uh, (laughs) I think like, um, I think when I started, like I said, it was a side hustle. So it was very, 
it felt very safe because I had that job. And so for me, I spent that entire, that entire first year definitely learning a lot more than I was taking action. So a lot of the fears didn't come up then because I spent most of my time learning. Um, and then I guess the fear started coming up when I started taking the action, which was last year when I went kind of went all in and kind of like that was my main thing. I no longer have that job in technology. I moved to a whole different place. So I think some of the th- some of the fears that came to me were that I think definitely that it would not work out and that I would eventually have to go back to technology, like working in tech. Mm-hmm. And that is something that definitely last year with COVID and stuff like that is something that I kept thinking and thinking about saying like, oh, maybe when COVID is over, then I'll go back to tech if this doesn't work out. And so me having that kind of like relationship. And then the second thing, I guess like the second fear that I had was, it's also related to the rejection one, which is obviously I post a lot on LinkedIn. I put myself a lot out there. So I feel that if people, I used to feel like if people see that I'm not doing this or that, or that, you know, sometimes I even get super like self-conscious about my, my accent, even though a lot of the people in my network know that I have an accent. And then I start feeling like all of these external things might get in the way of my business working. Mm, Yeah. It's like you were worried more about these surface level things. So still very, like very deeply rooted um, versus the things that actually matter in the business. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And it's been through coaching that I've realized that a lot more because before I definitely was just kind of writing that emotional. (laughs) Yeah. And you said something really interesting in our session yesterday, which was like you've done so many amazing feats. Well, you didn't say that, but I'm saying that you've done so many (laughs) amazing feats in your life, right? You came from a low-income family, and then you immigrated to the U.S., um, learning the English here, and now you are actually in Paris, so moved countries again, and you were saying how, like, starting a business um, and the fears around it can oftentimes feel scarier than all these other things that you've done, so if you want to share a little bit about that. Yes, yes, I think, yeah, definitely, and a lot of people feel or think that because someone moves a lot or like it's a new culture, a new language for me every single time, they feel that that must be really hard, so a lot of people don't do those type of moves because they feel riskier or they feel, yeah, like they feel a little bit dangerous because it's like you don't have like a safety net almost, like you won't know anybody in that new place, but then for me, for some reason, like I was mentioning in the call yesterday, I didn't have any of those feelings kind of like come up during those switches or like during those moves around the world. And for me, all of those like internal kind of like drama or internal limiting beliefs and all of that stuff actually came up in my business. And kind of like looking back and like in the exercises that we have done together and just like in my self-coaching, I realized that that is definitely because maybe like growing up, I didn't see people taking risks beyond just like people would move to the US like that is very common in in Mexico, I guess, Mm -hmm. especially if you're in a low income bracket. Um, But then those are things that are a little bit more familiar. So anything that is a little bit less familiar is going to be creating a business, for example, because it doesn't feel like it's safe enough. And as many parents kind of like around the world, Um, obviously my parents wanted me to be a doctor to be something safe and 
I used to really judge them for that because, uh, but then now looking back, I actually realized they only saw those jobs as something safe. And so obviously I grew up with that belief. And so now when I started doing my business full time, all of those things came up because it felt a lot riskier, a lot more dangerous. And so my brain freaks out a little bit more when I'm doing that online thing versus like the real physical <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I love how you like kind of separate it as a, like that online thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is tangible, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's stuff that I'm doing online, but then like I was mentioning yesterday, my brain is like, it thinks that I'm out in the arena taming a lion or something. And it's not that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like thinking that you're getting chased by a lion when in fact it's like, it's like a cat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And also as a woman of color, what kind of difficulties did you face in your business? So I think I have to say that one of the major things that I, I think as a woman of color, most of the things that are difficult for me come f- from within myself, just because of like my, my, how I was raised and where I was raised and kind of like a lot of the things that I've seen kind of like when I have those lows in the journey usually come from within me and kind of like telling me stories that might not be necessarily be true so like for example like the ones is like yeah but like you like migrated to the U.S. when you were older or like you have an accent or it can be a lot of different things that I think my brain picks up every now and then But those are stories that I feel, obviously, those are the stories that you and I are working through together and that we have for like several months. And I think, but I think, yeah, for like just looking into my journey, I feel as a woman of color, we do have so many things that society tells us that we do become. Mm, Yeah, and I was actually just journaling upon this this morning about how there are like a couple of main things in business such as self-expression and money mindset and that directly ties into you know marketing and selling but when you delve deeper it's really all the internal beliefs and societal conditioning that you've grown up with and it gets um, amplified when you're running a business because business just is like an extension of you and it just brings all that out of you. I totally agree with you that a lot of what what we face as women is coming from the inside and also business is such a like beautiful opportunity and space to to grow and really start exploring that those aspects. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think something that you mentioned is that the main thing that might be different from getting a job versus having like that business, I think it's, we definitely see a business as an extension of ourselves. So when X or Y thing doesn't work out, then we feel that it's our failure. But then when it's a job, I think we don't take it as, as bad because it like a, most people don't think of a job as an extension of themselves. They usually just think it's one job that I'm in right now. So I think that is definitely a good, like, I like a good way, I kind of like a good way to say about it, but also bad because when it's, when you feel that it's an extension, like an arm or like a leg, you definitely feel like there's more at stake. And so that might be also going back to that risky part that we were talking about. Yeah. 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 I can't wait to explore more of that later. And you mentioned that we've been working on a couple of things. So I'm curious for you, how has coaching with me supported you and growing your business and 
Um, I think it's so interesting because you've actually been working on your business for a year before we started working together. So you're not new to it, but there's definitely like new things that we had to do or like undoing some things. So <laughs> if, if you want to like share a little bit about how that year was before working with me and what you were focused on and versus what you're focused on now. Yeah, I feel, oh my God, I feel that year, the best that I could describe it is kind of like someone trying to explore like a new country without a map. That's how I felt. Mm. Like I literally felt like I was trying to figure out everything by myself and that was okay with me and going back to that like immigrant mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, But then a lot of like I picked up a few things along the way that kind of were serving me, but then they weren't serving me later. And one of those things I feel is definitely thinking that there's some sort of like magic marketing strategy that you can follow for example like I felt that in my first year I was chasing that quite a bit and then I was also kind of like caught up in this cycle of buying like online course after online course trying to find that kind of like magic pill or like that magic um, kind of like plan and I would follow it for a little while and then I would kind of just decide that it wasn't working and then I would just stop it all together and then a month would go by and then again like that urge of like continue working in my business like would come up like maybe a month later and then I would be like going back and starting from scratch all over again because I would make sure of that <laughs> and then um and then I guess one of the things that I started, I, maybe I started listening like to a bunch of podcasts and stuff like that. I'm not exactly sure how I came across your work. And that is something that I was trying to figure out today, but I cannot remember, but I think it might've been a post. And then I started following you. And then I think there was a post where you shared a little bit more about your getting to six figures and stuff like that. But also the way that you said it, it wasn't like all the other kind of like business gurus who are I feel really, I feel that they're not as authentic or like the way that they show up, like maybe like rubs me up the wrong way. Um, And then I decided to reach out to you through message and then everything was like, obviously the rest is history. (laughs) But, um, But then like working with you, I think definitely allowed me to see those blind spots that I wasn't able to see by myself and that definitely I lived through them. Like, I'm pretty sure if I hadn't been working with you, I would still be falling into the same patterns because I wasn't able to see them, even though I was like, quote unquote, self-coaching a little bit. I remember I started that like maybe a month before we started working together, but I feel it wasn't as effective as it is now. And then, so yeah, so the first one would be definitely seeing my blind spots and then identifying the trends, right? Like when I tell you something, you are able to see kind of like, some of the patterns are happening there. And so it's also good to start seeing those and I think just, I think I had to go back to the basics and you helped me do that as well. Like it was just me. I think I got caught up in all of those like online courses and stuff like that, that I actually ended up kind of like shooting myself on the foot because I had all of this knowledge, but now I was more confused than ever. Mm. And going back to the basics allowed me to actually have better breakthroughs. And just to go back to the idea of, I know that you that we had talked about that, like making, you know, those 5K in the three months working with you. I realized that I made only 6K the year before doing it all by myself mm. and in an entire year. And right now it's only been what, like, yeah, three months of this year. So
Yeah. Yeah. You, oh, there's so, so much, so many goodies in here. Um, so I, I would love for you, for us to like go back to the marketing, um, the marketing aspect and all those courses, right? Because I definitely had the same journey of signing up for all the webinars and like mini programs and courses, like trying to figure out that like sales sequence or whatever it is when I was um, doing this on my own. And I just remember there was this like a huge celebration um, when you had a wall of sticky notes behind you during our calls, you were like, I took it off. I'm like, um, tabling my course for the time being. <laughs> so yes. that was a huge celebration. And, um, if you could share a little bit about what you thought marketing and sales was supposed to be before and how, how do you view them now? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. This is really interesting because yeah I feel that before I guess like when I was dipping my toes into into that like blogging and all of that stuff I really didn't have a clear idea of what it was like I was just taking actions but I just didn't know like marketing was a thing like like it is now and I know that's crazy because I worked in tech but that that is how it was and uh, for me uh, marketing before I started working on a business. It looked like, I don't know why, but I pictured this really bad stock photos of guys in like suits and them coming up with some sort of like really clear strategy that might look like, I don't know, like posters or something. I don't know why my idea of marketing was very like movie-like. And then I I also used to think that people, again, going back to that magic bill, I think it, it sounded like people knew something that I didn't know about marketing and that it was going to take me a whole lifetime to figure it out. And mm. so that was for me the main thing, because a lot of people that I started seeing more for marketing were people like helping you how to run Facebook ads or doing all these things that sound really complicated. So in my head, I made it also very complicated. Um, mm-hmm. And then I guess like once I started taking the action, that idea that marketing has to be complicated and stuff and that I have to have some sort of masters in marketing came up a lot at the very beginning, because then I was like, well, should, should it be this easy? Like, is it, is <laughs> yeah, it just you were doubting be- <laughs> yourself? <laughs> like, I'm like, is this normal? But um But it actually, like, I think that just the main idea of marketing is putting yourself out there so people are able to find you in any way. So obviously that is a variety of things that you can be doing. But I found that the simplest is probably the best that that you will find out there. I know that you are, you follow, like, you're really practice what you preach and you keep it really simple, but it works and that is okay, right? And I feel that the main reason that, a lot of people don't believe those stories when it's too simple. It's because most of the things that we see out there by other coaches or by people who are a little bit more high level, they tell you to really overcomplicate things. And um, and that is what people kind of like continuing growing up believing. But then I think that's also why it's important to start sharing kind of like your story more because it shows that, yeah, you can have something simple that works and that, you know, enables you to help others and to do your business. (laughs) Yeah. And I I also, it stems from the immigrant mindset, right? Because we're taught that like, we have to work really hard to get results. And so like shifting into the frame of it can be simple and useful usually, or sometimes it takes a while because it's kind of like undoing all of those beliefs from earlier on. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the immigrant mentality is also one that I mentioned a lot. And I think I mentioned also that last in our last conversation. And I think it's definitely because you're like, well, it's going to be hard. If things are going to come up, like you kind of like put yourself these ideas, like, yeah, put these ideas in your head because it's like, well, in case it happens once I move there or whenever, and then obviously it is hard. So it's kind of like at the beginning, like moving to a country or whatever. And so then you're like, oh, I'm prepared. Mm -hmm. And so I think it goes the same way, but it doesn't work at all with, business and I think I liked how um you were mentioning I think in your post today how business follows doesn't follow the same rules as school and I was thinking to myself business also doesn't follow the same rules as immigrating to a whole new country so just so good I will look out for a post from you on that topic (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah and just going back to the school analogy too as you were talking I was thinking about how I had an education in marketing. I took like psychology classes, business classes. All my internships in college were around marketing. Um, when I worked in San Francisco for two to three years, it was in marketing and I still had no idea what to do <laughs> And when I first started my business. Um, <laughs> like you would think that it would have helped a lot, but um, it was actually holding me back because I was so used to the traditional aspects of marketing, which is like, you know, being really data oriented and like hiding behind a screen, making websites, optimizing button colors, like that type of marketing, or like being on all the social platforms or trying to go viral. And um, later I had to learn out the hard way that it it wasn't working because it was missing like the connective aspect. Like I wasn't connecting with a person one-to-one yeah exactly and I think that goes back to a really good point which is I think yeah most people want when they establish a business they tend to think of the traditional route which is like oh like create a business plan and like put it all together and your website has to be like really like those like stock photos type of like vibe and then they don't connect at all with the person and then I think that's also another thing going back to what I liked about creating my business it was because it was related to my personal brand and who I was as a person like in a way I was the product so that Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I also love how even though undoing some of the conditioning, sometimes it takes a while. Um, and I love how your example of how it can just take really fast too. Like I remember after our first coaching call, we really delved into like what you wanted to do, what was serve your clients and made a simple new program. And an hour after our call, you were able to create a client for that program. Yes, (laughs) I still go back to that call because I recorded it. And I feel that one of the major things that changed everything for me, I think, was going back again to that, oh, I'm just creating this product for someone versus I am helping someone. And so for me, that changed everything. So going back and I was taking some notes from that conversation that we had before I closed that client. And I think it definitely was me believing that I could help her and that I had already what it took to actually help her, not only because I had all those testimonials before, but because 
I really did believe after a conversation in that program and how adding that mindset part of things was going to be more transformational. So I think like just the shift in the belief, again, I didn't do anything special on the call. I think I didn't even follow like the, like the template that I usually do, like in terms of like the sections. And I was just having that conversation and seeing like, hey, like I can definitely help you get a lot closer to that tech job. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was coming from that really authentic place. And yeah, so freaking amazing. And it was even a higher end offer too, which was really cool. Yes. And if you were to look back, what, what has helped you create a 5K in three months? Yeah, I think definitely, I think mindset, like just letting go of those very ingrained limiting beliefs that I had and I know it's crazy that sometimes I say this and I don't know like for the people who are listening I feel that sometimes it's hard to believe that just mindset shifts will make a difference but as someone who spent many months focusing on the on the strategy on like the marketing and not seeing that work because my own mindset was getting on my own way that is when I, I really started believing a lot more in mindset. And that's why we ultimately included it in my offer as well, because it's the same thing that I see in my own clients. And so I think mindset was a major thing for me that changed everything. And that was able to help me make those, um, those uh, accomplishments. And then the second thing, I think going back to mindset a little bit, but it's more related to money mindset I started working on my money mindset a lot more and I had been avoiding money mindset for a really long time. I have to say, like, I think even maybe when I started working in tech, I completely started avoiding money mindset, even though I knew there was something in there kind of holding me back as well. And, you know, like having grown up in like extreme poverty, almost, I felt that that definitely stayed in with me, but then I was not really letting that afloat. And working with a coach obviously allows you to do that because you're asking the questions, you're getting really deep in there. Um, and then the other thing is also, uh, I guess like another thing that enabled me to do that was keeping it simple. So going back to that, it, it, it allowed me to keep it thing, to keep things simple and not try to sabotage along the way by adding a bunch of stuff <laughs> on my plate. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I am totally celebrating you doing all these things and yeah, like really getting to the nitty gritty of your mindset, which allows you to create, you know, 1.5K just after an hour of our call together, 5K in three months. And I also remember we had a session about letting opportunities in, letting money in as part of money mindset. And, and then just a couple of days later, you, you, you were invited to be a safe speaker and getting paid for being a speaker. Yeah, exactly. Like it works fast. And I think it's one of those things that just going back to like the, I think like getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, I think for me, getting uncomfortable was accepting things or like not just I think I was comfortable putting myself in front of those situations but then really uncomfortable when I was having those money conversations or when I had to say my rate for like my public speaking to someone like all of those things are the things that definitely made a difference because it just kind of still it, it just kind of kind of lets you go all the way there instead of just getting blocked right before you get to the to the part of asking for money which was my case <laughs> yeah 
And I found it so interesting because you also told me that you were actually certified in, or like took a certification class in money mindset, right? And I also did that right before we worked together, I remember. And that was really one of those things that I wanted to like certified, but also I wanted to work on my own money mindset. Mm. But I think that it was a group program and also it was based out of Vancouver and now I'm really far, I'm in Europe. So mm. it, it was a lot harder to be in the sessions. So I think that's where I also appreciate the one-on-one versus like an online course or versus um, versus a group program because definitely one-on-one. Yeah, and I love that we got to really delve into everything for you. Um, Can you share more about the part about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable? Because we were actually talking before this recording and there's some things that are still can still be uncomfortable for you even a year in whereas it's really easy to assume that like oh of course it's easy peasy now yeah and I think yeah there are a lot of uncomfortable things like one of some of the things that we were mentioning were seemingly simple things but they're actually they create so much drama in our brains and for me that one definitely was after having been really tight connected to Amazon and being like an Amazonian and stuff like, and then moving to be a business, I kind of like put this pressure on myself when I was putting myself out there. So I was putting myself out there and that was kind of like the first thing that was uncomfortable because I was doing it at first as a side hustle. So a lot of people would maybe comment on, Oh, why are you posting a lot more on LinkedIn or why are you doing all these things? And so that was, I think, the first time that I started feeling a little bit more uncomfortable because it felt like I was not doing what most people do. And that was the first thing. And um, the second thing that I started feeling a little bit uncomfortable because it's something that I never did in my career. So I was, um, at least in tech, was getting on sales calls. So as I've mentioned, I used to work in retail, and but that sales in person was a lot different. And it was like a, a physical product and stuff like that. So for me... I think like for me, like some of the things that my brain perceived as uncomfortable was getting on a call with someone and trying to kind of like sell something that was not physical. So, or like a physical product. So for me, that felt a little bit challenging as well at the beginning. And like I mentioned, that was really uncomfortable. And I used to like sweat a lot and just like maybe be super shaky in my voice um all of these crazy things that I don't think of now but then sometimes I think of other challenges that have come in the calls like for example like like coming up with like like kind of like working through like money objections or all all of that good stuff that happens in the calls through the conversations and I feel that it's it's kind of like it's always uncomfortable in a very different way and you kind of learn to work um and to kind of like put yourself up to the challenge and kind of learn learn from there and then um, what was the other one as well? I think definitely just being a little bit more vulnerable in like the content creation that was also very uncomfortable at the beginning. And it's still sometimes uncomfortable now, especially like if I'm having one of those days. Um, and so, and then it's it's weird because sometimes you tell these stories to yourself that for example I'm like oh like to my coach it comes so seamlessly and it's so perfect and she doesn't have to sweat or think about it and so and I know the reality is not that I know that everyone no matter at what level you are you are gonna find that uncomfortable at some point because it's not something that most people do and I think that it comes back to that because if the rule or like the 
yeah, if like what most people did was a business, all of these things would be a lot more natural to us, but they're not like the main thing that most people do is having a nine to five job, like kind of like that, like I did and stuff. So it feels a lot more comfortable to do that. And, um, and then in a business, you have to definitely get out of that comfort zone and kind of like operate at that level. And it is kind of like that commitment that you make by deciding to being a business owner, that you'll always be probably operating outside of that comfort zone. Um, yeah. Yeah, so good. Um, it also it reminds me of, the, of when I did a public speaking for the first time or like did this workshop. Um, I was working with this guy who just spoke so flawlessly. And um, what a part of what you said just reminded me of this example of my immediate assumption was, oh, like he's public, he's a great public speaker, probably because he's natural at it, probably because he was born with it, right? I mean, that's why he's public speaking. And then I got to know him a little bit more and he actually has a lot of anxiety. He was like working on this mental health app because of all the um, anxiety and depression and other things that he faces on a daily basis and while public speaking. So that was just a really um, a clear example of my assumptions versus reality. And what you go through currently too is also, I mean, I still feel, still feel that like before consult calls, sometimes I'll feel like a little bit jittery or a little bit nervous. And when I write posts, it takes about an hour, sometimes, sometimes longer, or I'm just like too tired and I just do it the next day. There's a lot of editing going on. Uh, when I post something vulnerable, I still like I'm still working through people pleasing. So I still have like remnants of that within me. After I post something really vulnerable, I'll like go and check. It's like, okay, did anybody get angry? You know, <laughs> am I getting any hate messages? Like, is it doing okay? Or I'll like wake up in the morning and feel like do 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 nervous and I'll like check. Okay, everything is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think like definitely, I think it's it's going to be uncomfortable probably for the whole time that it lasts. And I think like the main thing that I've noticed that I was also kind of like didn't set me up for success was believing that it was going to be comfortable or it was going to be as comfortable as having a nine to five. And for me, that obviously, obviously that wasn't true, like for a lot of entrepreneurs. And then the more you start realizing that, the more you start seeing how people sharing their stories, like we all start from somewhere, like we just build up to there, but it's also not perfect. It's never perfect. And I think as a perfectionist, I feel sometimes I feel that all those people are perfect and their lives are perfect and everything is perfect in their business, but it's it's not the case for anybody. So mm. it's just having that idea of mindset shift because yeah, you, you do suffer a lot when you feel that it should be comfortable and you're experiencing all of this like uncomfort. I think I think that is when the main disconnect happens because your brain is like, well, why is it so seamlessly for everyone and not for you? And it's just every, all the chatter starts to happen. So not expecting it to be comfortable, I think it's also a good way to kind of like get started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if we actually kind of zone out a bit, it's like discomfort happens when you're growing. So being uncomfortable in itself is really not a bad thing. It's like an indicator of you growing. Like every time when I up-leveled in my business, whether it's like going from 5K a month to a 10K a month or like making my 
10k week every time i i was like sitting with the uncomfortableness i all i was experimenting with new and different and uncomfortable things that's like really the only way to grow yeah i think i I like when people really use that example of like having kind of like the body that you want to have like like or like looking as muscular as you want to look and then and the truth is it's going to be kind of like uncomfortable but it's not a bad thing because you also at some point for example when you're working out you feel the change you start feeling the changes Mm -hmm. within yourself and everything so i think it's just a matter of also yes shifting a little bit the script on that that uncomfortable is bad because it's definitely not it means that you're growing it means that you're kind of like becoming this um more like elevated person that's how I like to think about and Mm. sometimes when I don't believe that I go back into like maybe something that I wrote a few months ago and I see how much I've grown and then it feels really good yeah yeah and I also really loved what you said about like being imperfect and um especially since your brain is really used to being dramatic or actually everybody's brain is really used to like being dramatic and um like you mentioned before in one of our sessions it's like your brain is really used to um kind of like having a party or by itself being dramatic and doing all the things and like being harsh and that like negative self-talk right so um can you share a little bit about the second series of our coaching sessions our coaching program which is six months right so can you share a little bit about how the first three months was um and how is this deeper dive six months and if you want to share a little bit about what happened for you yesterday during our session because i think it's such a great way of showing our brains can do all all the things and it's going to be imperfect and we can still work with our brain versus making it an enemy yes yes totally so i think like the in the first like the first time that we worked together which was for three months it was a lot more focused on business stuff so and the main reason for that is not just because you're a business coach but it's because I thought that that's what I needed to like, I I felt that I definitely needed to simplify things. And that is what we did. Obviously it worked Mm -hmm. out. And so simplifying things is something that um, we did during those, during that time and something that we kind of like put down as something that I would kind of like follow and the things that I should be doing to do or accomplish X or Y thing. And in the second, I guess, like so far in like the second version of this, when we're working together like six months and we're going a little bit deeper, I start realizing that I think that I start having more of those breakthroughs because I think the breakthrough when I became like a paid uh, public speaker was also in the second program. So I think it was like working through the mindset stuff, focusing a little bit more on that. And so I think what happened yesterday, it was definitely that instead of kind of like, obviously we had already identified that I had some kind of um, kind of like self-sabotage situation going on that when I do simple things or when something is not quote unquote hard enough, then I kind of like maybe like drop it or want to start from scratch or when it gets to real trying to sign more, more people and then having all those calls, then I have the same reaction where I kind of like want to draw back a little bit. And we, the exercise from yesterday was really powerful because it allowed me to see where it was coming from. 
And I felt that it was one of like the biggest breakthroughs that we've had in this second program. And I just show up as a whole different person. And then there's all like, it is when I feel that people start saying that they do believe in these new thoughts authentically and like really truly in reality, they believe in those thoughts. And I think it comes from that type of work. And so for me, yeah, like maybe before I was saying things in my journal, but then deep down, I felt something was kind of like maybe not aligning to that specific goal or to mm-hmm. that thought. And what happened for me yesterday was that I was able to get to go all the way, like I was mentioning before, right? Like I feel that before, yeah, I was doing the self-coaching, but self-coaching plus that really deep going in deep into some of the things that I have going on it really helped a lot kind of like bridge that gap. And it's crazy because it, it really plays out in like my energy and how I'm showing up and how it's a lot easier when you are kinder to yourself. And when you are really trying to understand and get curious where that's coming from, instead of like beating yourself up and kind of like indulging in that feeling, (laughs) which is what I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yesterday we delve more into, um, because my coaching is holistic. So yesterday we delved deeper into like the parts work and more like the therapy side of things. And you were able to like speak to that younger version, that inner child. And this may seem like a really lofty, right? Like <laughs> to, to, I mean, it, it definitely seemed really um, non-practical when I first came across it, but this is really the root of everything. This is really the foundation of, of where the motivation and inspiration um, and the healing comes from. So I'm really excited that we get to do this type of work together, especially in this period where you are, you know, um, in the process of creating your 5K month and you moved from like fear of failure to now fear of success and being able to sit with that. Yes, exactly. And like you said, it's all about that healing part for me as well. And that is something that I guess like in in all of those moves that we were talking about earlier, I think it's something that I never really prioritized. And I do remember like maybe working with some sort of like a therapist, like a long time ago when I was experiencing burnout at Amazon, but it wasn't the same at all because it's not related to a very specific goal. So it makes a little bit less, um, for me at least it made it less transformational. So I didn't feel that it helped me that much. Um, and then just working through this as it comes to like a very specific goal, it not only helps me towards that goal, but it actually helps me all around because I start realizing that it's a little bit more tied. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really good. I really liked, I really liked that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Michelle was telling me like, let's do more of that. (laughs) Um, so reflecting back on your journey, um, what were some like resources that has helped you? Yeah. Um, so resources in what sense? Yeah, either um, like people or books or like philosophies. Yes. Um, oh, my God. Yes. So, you know, that at the beginning, I was kind of struggling with overconsumption of uh, information. Yes. But something that I think helped with the simplifying was that, yeah, like now I'm a lot picky with like things that I listen to and I listen to it not coming from this place of like not feeling enough or something is going bad, but coming from this place of also inspiration. So I get really, really inspired by the podcast, by any of the ladies that come out of the life coach school. Um, I think all of them are really 
they show up as themselves. They all have really interesting stories. I specifically like Carl Lowenthal and Stacey Boyman. And um, and then other than that, I, I also have connected a lot more with people on like on LinkedIn, people who might not be necessarily doing career coaching, but they're super raw when they like write stuff on LinkedIn that really have me thinking about kind of like like on focusing a little bit more because sometimes I feel that I'm so focused and having that tunnel vision that sometimes I need something that is not that, that is not career coaching or that it's not coaching to help me kind of like zoom out a little bit more. Um, and then what else? I also started, I know this sounds counterintuitive, but I started reading a lot more fiction because I realized that nonfiction or like more self-improvement also were giving me a little bit more of like that um, analysis paralysis. So I started reading a lot more fiction books where I feel sometimes it's good to know the learnings from like the story of the character or stuff like that. It's really enjoyable. So I've been doing more of that as a, as kind of like a resource. And of course you every single week. <laughs> I love that. And what's one, um, concrete advice one piece of concrete advice or like um small action step that people can take especially for women of color who are wanting to you know make money in their business yeah I was thinking hard on this one because I feel that yeah I think like just I think going back to that rejection or like failure seeing it as bad or seeing it as something that says something about our ability to do x or y thing is definitely something that I feel I wish I knew a little bit sooner that you know like failure or whatever hiccups you experience throughout the journey they don't mean anything about us as a person and all we can do is really learn from that and kind of continue moving forward but I think I think specifically as women of color, when we think that everything that goes wrong is on us sometimes, and that's how we were kind of like brought up sometimes. I think this also is something that helps with that. And just seeing that in this journey, like failures are just going to be part of the journey or like those low kind of like those dips in the journey, they will happen. And that is okay. Like, it's all about a matter of kind of like not making it mean something about us and just kind of continue to do our best to move forward. Yeah, this also reminds me of a thought that has really worked well for you and for me too, which is like, it's working, right? Even if the failures are coming, it's working, it's part of the process. And for you too, it's like, when things are working, to not make it that it's not working, like reminding yourself and looking for evidence that it is working. Yeah, and that is the truth. Like, I think our brain will look for the things that we tell it to look for. Like, I've started to see it more of like this machine that I have at my disposal to search for things. So definitely focusing on the things that are working. And then um, when it tells you stories that something is not working, just having, instead of having it kind of indulging that, be like, okay, brain, it's time for you to actually search for something that is working. So let's, let's do that instead. And then it's magical, but it starts happening because you start noticing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's always, it's always true for both sides. You can always find things that are working and you can always find things that aren't working. So it's like, why, like, would you rather live in the, you know, the, 50% that's working or the 50% that's not working yeah and I think I really like that thing that you mentioned in a few sessions ago which was looking at the trash can versus looking at the flowers like 
you can't just be looking at the flowers, but for some reason, sometimes we only like to look at the, <laughs> the trash can. Uh, so it's just a matter of shifting that focus. Yeah, yeah, because you have both of them in your room, right? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is a kind of like a vivid metaphor. Um, and how can people reach out to you? You know, where can they find you and find your business? Yeah, so I'm all on LinkedIn. So just Michelle Carrizosa and I'm going, I'm probably the only Michelle Carrizosa on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, just connecting with me through there, especially like, yeah, women of color who want to feel empowered. Mm, so good. And even just being on LinkedIn was a huge thing, like us <laughs> focusing. So yes. I want to celebrate you again for doing that. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> And yeah, thanks so much for for coming on today. I had I had a lot of fun chatting with you and just um, reminiscing about your journey and celebrating your journey. And I think people are gonna get so much out of this, um, especially around all the brain workings and the mindset shifts and beliefs that you talked about. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me too. Thanks so much for listening and being here, friends. And if you would like more entrepreneurship advice and tips, then come check me out on LinkedIn. I love having conversations and helping my readers on there. So be sure to check that out and I will see you next time.